Welcome to another episode of Espresso and Earl Grey. I'm Sam Wan. And I'm Sam Chan. And we've got our cups of coffee and tea here. And for another uh, another episode of light-hearted thinking with deep-flavoured talking. I think I got that switched around. But today, I want to talk... Recently, um... Uh, recently, uh, I've been trying to train one of my colleagues at work on how to tell a good story, how to deliver, you know, setup, punchline well. Because um, this particular person, who will remain unnamed, is is famous in our office for telling stories that tells us it's going to be really good. She sets it up well. But then you realise the punchline had already occurred and it wasn't actually that funny a punchline anyway, but she found it funny. Um, so you're, you, uh, you did your PhD in communication in a way. You've been a public speaker for how many years? 20, 30 years 20, 30 maybe. 20, 30 years. You work as a public speaker in a way. What are the basic skills? Perhaps this is like a Toastmasters session. What's the basic skills of telling a good story? Wow. I reckon it's more an art than a science. Okay. But if we were to treat it like a science, this is where you can get really boring, really nerdy, yeah. and you can talk about the hero's journey. Pretend I'm someone who, Sam, I need to tell this story. Yeah. I need your help. You've got, we've got 20 minutes together. Walk me through the art and science of how to tell this story well. All right, entry level is this. You ready for entry level? Yeah. A story is more than an event. An event is just something that happens. So Cinderella goes to the ball is not a story, it's an event. Cinderella wants to go to the ball, but her evil stepsisters stop her but a fairy godmother gets to the ball. That's a story. And a story needs three things. And I learned this from Timothy Keller. It needs a mission. Cinderella needs to go to the ball. It needs bad guys, evil stepsisters, who stop you from achieving the mission. And you need good guys, a fairy godmother, who helps you achieve the mission. Okay. So let's use... I was on holiday this week. Yeah. I've got a story. Um, what was the first thing? You need a mission. Mission. So my phone. Uh, uh, I'm on holiday. I don't have Wi-Fi and I need my phone. But it died. Um, so I was on a mission to look for a new phone because I was in the middle of nowhere. What's next? I've got my... You've mission. got mission. I've got my enemy, which is my phone. So then what dark. I say, if you want the hacker's guide to telling a story, the word but has to appear once and at best and even better two times. So let me give you another example. If I said, we went to a wedding and our son Cooper wore denim shorts and rubber gumboots to the wedding, that's not a story. That's just something that happened, and at best... It's I'm a just, recount. Yeah, I'm just going to get polite laughter from you. You realise, oh, you're trying to tell me something funny. Okay, I'll give you a giggle. It's the equivalent of what I call a spinning bow tie. 
you know, I appear in front of you with a spinning bow tie, say, hey, look, my bow tie spins. Hey, hey, look, it spins. And you'd be like, oh, okay, it spins. Uh, okay, polite laughter. And if I say, my boy Cooper wore rubber gum boots to a wedding, you'd be going, ah, oh, okay. Because that's a spinning bow tie story. So this is a story. When you go to a wedding, you want to dress up. So you're, that's the setup. That's as the mission. Well. That's a setup. But no matter how much we tried, we could not get our boy to dress up. Instead, he wore rubber gum boots and denim shorts. But when we got to the wedding, everyone's going, "Hey, look at Cooper! He's in shorts and gum boots. Why didn't we turn up in shorts and gum boots? Why didn't we let our kids just wear whatever they wanted?" And every man is elbowing his girlfriend or wife, going, "Hey, see." He wore shorts, why can't I? Now, that's a story because you had a setup when you go to a wedding, you need to dress up. It had the word but, but Cooper would not dress up. But then, but that when we actually, turned up, yeah. The, what you've raised with us is we're expecting that this is going to fail yeah. because Cooper wasn't dressed up and the norm is everyone should be dressed up. I tension. Tension, right. What is tension? Where your mission is thwarted. Where now there's a dissonance, a gap between what you want and what's actually happening. And then so... And the audience doesn't know how it's going to be resolved. Oh my gosh, you went to a wedding, but, see the word but, but your son wore shorts and gumboots. How is this going to be resolved? So that's where you bring in the but. But when we turned up, everyone's going, hey, look at Cooper. And that's the punchline. Yeah, wearing shorts and gumboots. Why didn't we just let our kids wear shorts and whatever they wanted? So let me, let me try it on. So when you go on holiday, especially in a place that doesn't have Wi-Fi or a place where it's is foreign and you're going by yourself, you want to be able to have your phone and you want to be able to charge it and it has to work. Because people need to reach you. But my phone has been dying the last two weeks. And on that Wednesday, halfway through my trip, it would not turn on. Right, you create attention. I create attention. The mission is when you go on holidays, you've got to have Wi Fi. But my phone couldn't get Wi-Fi. And now we're waiting. We're on the edge of our seat going, how is he going to resolve this? What's the ending going to be? Yeah. So how? walk me through what do I do next? Then it, you could have a happy ending. But I walked into a shop and they fixed my phone. Well, okay, so or I could have a sad ending. But my phone never got Wi-Fi and I got lost. Yeah. But then, but then you kind of... That doesn't really... It becomes a story, but it's not a... It's a story that goes, people go, oh. Yeah, so there's got to be a point to the story. Yeah. How have you, how has this experience changed you? What, what is the point of this? So, so when I tell the story of Cooper at the wedding, the point is everyone's thinking, oh, why do we make our kids dress up? And the moral of the story is kind of like, we should just dress the way we, the want, way to. we want Cooper to. Cooper is the moral hero. He functions as in he's the hero. He went on a hero's journey. Yeah. Okay. So, on holiday, phones on the fritz. 
loses the completely dies on Wednesday. Um, and the only four addresses I know, I only know four addresses in the Blue Mountains. And so what I do is I get in my car with my phone and I drive to the first address. They say, we don't have a spare phone, sorry. So I have to drive to the second address. And the more I drive, the lower I am in the Blue Mountains, the, the closer I am back to home. So I might as well go home. Second address, no one's there. Third address, uh, the couple there didn't have a phone, but the stranger who was there had a spare phone. And so I went to his place and he lent me his phone and then I could have my, continue my holiday. And so, but then I didn't really tell that really well, did I? Did I? So what, what you can do is you, you leave out unnecessary stuff. So whatever is not necessary to the point, again, what is the point? The main point is you got help from a an stranger. unexpected yeah, yeah. outcome. So yeah. an un unexpected person was the good guy. So it's the Cinderella setup. Cinderella needs to go to the ball, but her stepsisters won't let her, but a fairy godmother helps her get to the ball. So you say, I was in the Blue Mountains, and I needed Wi-Fi, but my phone had no Wi-Fi. So I went to the first house, didn't get help. Went to the second house, didn't get help. But at the third house, when I went to a stranger, a stranger was able to help me. And so... And they also have this thing like rule of threes. You only need three. Like, like the, the, the little pigs build a house of straw, build a house of wood, but then they built a house of bricks. And it so, worked. And it worked. So you went to the first house where there was a friend, but no one was home. You went, or couldn't help you. You went to a second house with a friend, but they couldn't help you. But a stranger came and helped you. So you only need two bars. So in reality, my life did imitate art because by the third one, I did get help. That's right. <laughs> the, the, you're the, the three little pigs building the house of bricks the third time around. You're um, Goldilocks hitting the third bowl of porridge, which was just right. The third bed, which was just right. So you went to the third house. So you don't have to, don't worry that there were four houses. It's all about the art of storytelling. Yeah. The third house, you got what you're looking for. So I've got the framework now. What about tone? Tone... Posture, gesture. Talk us through that. Yeah, well, I always say you got to end a sentence with positive energy. So if you say, I went to the Blue Mountains and I needed some Wi-Fi. So that's, you've just robbed me of energy. You have to say, on the weekend, I was going to the Blue Mountains and I really needed Wi-Fi. But my phone had... No Wi-Fi. So I've set up the positive. Yeah. But then my enemy takes away the, the positive thing. And my mission then is to seek to conquer this. You're on a hero's journey. To, to go back to where I you're need what the, to be. You're what the storytellers say. You're actually on a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. The hero's journey is where you have a mission... You go out, but you have obstacles to overcome. But, and 
a guide and you get help from an unexpected place. So it's Luke Skywalker getting help from Yoda, very unexpected, but that's Yoda functions as the good guy comes mm -hmm. in. It's um, Little Red Riding Hood getting yes, help from the, the hunter, the yeah, woodsman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so an unexpected yeah. source. So we've got we've got to have positive energy. What else in our delivery? Yeah, it's so there's got to be something emotionally at stake. So it's something. So it doesn't matter what the story is. Something has to be at stake. Like, what will you lose? If you don't achieve your mission, so for you, there's a, there's a whole, whole weekend, gone. there's yeah. a whole holiday yeah. at stake, yeah. and you've got to show the emotion behind what's at stake. How would I do that? Like, do I build? It's in your eyes. It's in your body. Yeah, you puff up with energy and excitement. I, I had a weekend in the Blue Mountains, but my phone had no Wi-Fi. So now you've created drama and tensions because so there's expected. There's something at stake here. A weekend, a holiday, the Blue Mountains. So positive energy, channeling emotion, and I've also realised what you did there in just your sentence before was that you had your kind of. Not your tone, but your, um, what do you call it? Your pauses or the way you positioned words, you timed your words was different as well. Yeah, so in speaking, spoken communication, pauses function as the white space on a page of paper that lets you know where the paragraphs are and they function as the punctuation, the full stops. And if we um and er, if we take away the pauses, then you just get this flat. It'll be like a page of text where you can't work out where the sentences are and where the paragraphs are. The other thing is, stories have three parts, an introduction, a body, a conclusion. So you've got to raise the energy at the end of the introduction. And do you do that drop by it. Speaking, it, speaking a bit faster? I think just, no, just the energy. It's the vibe. It's an art. But soft speakers have it. You can have the energy even as you whisper. So you, you can create energy. It, it's in the tone. It's not the volume. It's in the way your eyes light up. It's, again, how you attack the sentence and invest emotion into the sentence. I remember when I was a kid, we were told you should cut out your ums and ers. What are your thoughts on that as a public speaker? Oh, totally, because ums and ers, they rob you of the space, rhythm and timing, and they create, well, they increase the noise signal ratio. So now there's increased noise for... What do you, sorry, I don't, what do you mean by noise signal ratio? Well, whenever we hear, read, or listen, or hear and listen to the same thing, so that's, I've actually just given you noise right now, because I've given you gobbledygook. There was no information in that With sentence. With the ums and the ers. Yeah. Yeah. And even just then, by repeating myself, you as a listener had to listen hard and realise, oh, there was no added information there. That was just noise. 
it's what you get where, you know, it was just threatening to rain just now. And imagine if on this audio broadcast, we had the sound of rain. And people had to hear us over the sound of rain. The rain is creating noise versus our signal. So the more noise there is for signal, the harder it is for a listener to pay attention. Because they're trying to going sift on. through the meaning and the, the, they're trying to interpret uh, what you're communicating. And after a while, you fatigue. As a listener, you fatigue. It's just too hard. So how do you... So we've got, we've got, we've got, a, we've got the framework. We've got the posture of... Um, we've got to have positivity. We've got to have... Uh, our tone has to be right. Our kind of communication with our emotion have to be right. How do you keep? the listener's attention? Is it a combination of those The things? big thing is, you yourself have to understand, what is the point of the story? What is at stake? Something so has... all these things... And, and the final thing is, at the end of the story, something has to have changed. Otherwise, it's just an event that just happened. Walk us through your story. What ch- well, I guess your story with Cooper, what was the change there? The change is... Parents thinking, why do we bother dressing up our kids? Like, mm-hmm. what is... The, uh, like, like, it was so much better when we just let Cooper wear what he wanted. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to fight. He was happy. And really, he's a kid. Why does he have to wear a suit and tie mm-hmm. at a wedding? Mm-hmm. And so I guess my change would be that there is human kindness after all, perhaps that I was cynical of, that a stranger would... would, would would give me um, support. We've, we've talked about the posture, the, uh, the framework. Here's the thing I don't get in a conversation. When do I tell a story? Wow. That's that whole social etiquette thing where, you know, the classic thing is at a dinner party, everyone seems to take turns telling stories. Which and, becomes really like And if you do rigid. too much, you're the one that talks too much and doesn't let other people have a go. Or if you, if someone says, oh, I went on holidays to the Fiji, you say, yeah, I went on holidays on the Fiji yeah. too. Now you've just robbed that person of their story because it's become about you again. So there's a whole social etiquette. And it seems like you're just meant to know. You're only meant to go for 30 seconds, 60 seconds. This is not the time to launch into a 20-minute story. So there are all these social boundaries. They even talk about hierarchy. And we notice this in Zoom meetings, right? When there's a Zoom meeting of 20 people from work, there's a hierarchy. Like the young intern cannot kick in and say, oh, on the weekend I did this. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Whereas the CEO can say, oh, on the weekend I went sailing. And everyone goes, oh, wow, you went sailing. But if the young intern says, hey, I went to a 21st birthday party, everyone goes, what? So there's a social hierarchy as well. So it's really telling a story, perhaps not as a public speaker, because as a public speaker, you have the floor. Telling a story in everyday life is is more than just telling a story. It's really finding your place um, and 
trying to see where you fit in. It's a, it's a deeper telling a story is just not telling a story. That's right. It's it's a it's a social glue, but at the same time, it shows where you are placed in the social hierarchy. Mm. So, landing it back, you often tell stories about Jesus um, as a public speaker. Um, what really strikes you? What is the, what is the, I guess, the, the, the setup, the tension, the enemy? The... Wow, this is so profound. Sociologists, anthropologists, psychologists, they all say humans are story creating creatures we need stories so we need stories to create meaning to give us direction purpose like where is this going and at this point you've only got two choices there are no there are no stories these are just events that happen again we're just atoms and molecules things just happen get over it there's no meaning there's no beginning there's no, no end there's no purpose there are no good guys, there are no bad guys. Yeah, tell your stories if you want. And Yuval Noah Harari says that, uh, famous atheist philosopher in his books, Homo Sapiens, he says, yeah, yeah, they're just useful fictional stories we tell, or there really is an ultimate story. And that's why we tell stories. And this is why Donald Miller in his book, All That Jazz, or, or Blue, Blue Like Jazz, jazz yeah. says that's why he became a, a Christian. He realized, if we keep telling stories, there must be an ultimate story. That's why we tell stories. Uh, and because there is an ultimate story, there is a beginning, there is an end, and there are good guys, and there are bad guys. And Jesus gives us the ultimate story. That's why the Bible calls him Logos. He is the Logos, the story who becomes flesh. In Jesus, we can work out What's the beginning? What's the end? That's why Jesus says, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega. And we can work out who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Otherwise, it's just an arbitrary toss of the coin. You know, uh, but with Jesus, we say, okay, we know what is ultimate good and we know what is ultimate purpose. Well, thank you so much for helping us think through stories, how to tell them, and also the bigger story of life.